welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who is alive with the glory of love, or something like that. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben Hameen. So for this episode, we have not one, but two very special guests. They're the duo behind the band, Still Electric. Their most recent release entitled Friend came out at the end of uh, May. Uh, actually, the beginning of May, right? Beginning yes. of May. Please welcome to the podcast, Maurice Africh and Rachel Africh. Hey, hey thanks so much for we're having honored us. to be on. We're so excited. Did I say your last name correctly? You did. You're one of six people that have ever said it right. <laughs> Wayne, this is two weeks in a row, man. I have not slaughtered the last names. Two weeks in a row, man. I know, but you got to do it with some confidence. You've asked both times. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. You're right. I have, I have asked both times. All right. So uh, safe to say that you two are married? Yes. We are. We are. We're, we were high school sweethearts. Well, and even better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll 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 chat more about uh, that in a moment, but you know that the we've got to get started with the all important question. So Wayne, we'll start with you. What T-shirt are you wearing? Uh, this one is one of my older shirts, but it still looks brand new. Almost, uh, I took my youngest daughter to her first concert, which was Avril Lavigne, and the only <laughs> band that was at that show that I liked was the second band, Simple Plan, and so I got a shirt oh, from them. All right. Is is that because you don't ever wear it or is it because you have like 50 million other shirts to wear instead? I think it's a combination of both, but I don't okay. think a lot of people know Simple Plan. Number one, they were Canadian, so they were they were the they were like the Canadian Fallout Boys, so they weren't very popular in America. So uh, I don't I got I figured I'd get a lot of who's that question, so They're pretty they were pretty big when we were when we were in like middle school. Yeah. They were really big. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I needed that. <laughs> we we are exposing the age difference here, Maurice. Thank, thank you very much for that. All right. So, uh, Maurice, how about you? What T-shirt are you wearing? I am actually wearing a uh, a local a local act. Uh, his name uh, they're Drew's Peace Crush, and they actually opened for us at our first show. And right after the show. Uh, was over he came up to me he's like hey dude let's do a merch switch so we just traded shirts and he ended up with a still electric shirt and i ended up with this cool little piece this piece design inside of a heart shirt on brown it's really cool it's a cool little shirt so supporting local art there we go nice uh, and how about you rachel i am wearing a 21 pilots shirt that we got from their concert when they were touring blurry face okay yeah, fantastic. You guys fans of Twenty One Pilots? Uh, my kids are <laughs> not not huge fans. <laughs> so again, we're talking about the age differences. Okay. Yeah. So so I am wearing a new shirt to the collection. So it was my birthday last week, and my brother in law and sister in law were here, um, and they brought me a Bucky's shirt. You guys know what Bucky's is? Isn't that a, is that a restaurant chain? No, it's a rest stop. Uh, it's like a, oh, a, truck, yeah, yeah. a truck. The truck stops. <laughs> so they they live in they live in Texas as well. Uh, the reason why they got this for me was uh, on the back of the shirt. 
there is a little bit of a reference to the Beastie Boys, Wayne. So it says, no sleep till Bucky's. And it's even got the the first Beastie Boy logo um, and font as well. So, so it's crossover. A little, little crossover there. So <laughs> nice. they, uh, they, they, they saw that and they're like, uh, Ben likes Beastie Boys. So they bought it for me. So that was cool. So That's shout awesome. out, shout out to Brant and Brittany. Thank you very much for the uh, the addition to the collection. So, all right, let's talk about Still Electric. So, where does the band name come from? Ah, oh, that's an interesting story. Um... It, yeah, it comes from so there's a, a slam poem uh, by the same name called Still Electric by the poet B. Dolan, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a rap artist based out of New York, um, a rap and slam artist. Uh, and he did a poem called Soul Electric. And there's a line in the poem that really resonated with us. You can, Yeah. Uh, so a few years ago, this is part of like kind of our story, but a few years ago, I got really sick, lost my vision, went totally blind for like seven days. Uh, a portion of the vision was restored, but um, it was just like a super scary time where like the rug had been ripped out from under us. And I was sitting out on the porch one day and this line from the poem kind of like popped in my head and it was... Um, I'm ripping cables out of me and finding I'm still electric. And I was like, you know, that's right. Like no matter all the crazy stuff that's going on and all the things that have happened, like I'm still electric, I'm still alive, I'm still here. And um, it kind of just became like a motto and a... and A, a mantra for us. Yeah. And then when we were coming up with band names, we are, uh, we're overdoers of a lot of things. And <laughs> so we had about a list of, I think, like 125 different band names. We <laughs> were just like, this one? No. This one? No. And then we, and have- then we came across still electric and we threw away that list. Yeah, like, we were like, just, this is right. Perfect. This is us. Yeah. What, what were we thinking? Yeah. Very cool. So, so going back to your your comment, Rachel, about the uh, the health scare. So I'm gonna jump around on my notes here because I I wrote down. I'm assuming that the through your eyes is autobiographical based on the bio info that I read. Um, so that is that is the health scare that we're talking about, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was uh, that song is based on that that same period. It was terrifying. It was a really terrifying time in our life. And that song and doing that video was absolutely amazing and cathartic. And yeah, really allowed us to like fully process that whole experience. Cause it was like four and a half years ago that it all happened, but mm-hmm. it's taken about that amount of time to fully feel normal again. Yeah. Our last guests uh, brother in the haze they were originally from the dallas area as well they're now in in i guess nashville and um where did uh where where was david living knoxville is that correct wayne i thought they both lived in nashville uh no i thought i thought david was in knoxville um now i'm gonna have to go listen to that episode again <laughs> so so they're originally from the dallas area and in reading your bio uh, does say that you guys uh, are now living in the Dallas area. So what part of Dallas? Uh... We are. We live in a suburb of uh, of North Dallas called, uh, it's a city called The Colony. Like The Colony, two words. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little bit like something out of a sci-fi film, but. Um, sounds creepy. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's like, it is like kind of like, it's built like an ant colony. Everything, you, there's one road in. And there's one road out, and it's just <laughs> you guys a should come visit sometimes. Yeah, Are we great. selling it enough to visit? <laughs> but everything here, 
everywhere here, you're basically like you're you're part of the DFW, the Dallas Fort Worth area, but you're a part of Dallas. So yeah, like, so we're like 20 minutes away from the airport and like 20 minutes away from a bunch of the other suburbs. But yeah, we we represent Dallas. It's all Dallas. <laughs> Very good. So what's what's the music scene like in in Dallas? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, here, there's a lot of um. If you go out and, and you go to like Deep Ellum or some of the more uh, yeah, Deep Ellum is like the hubs. big music hub, really in the Dallas area. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of rap and hip hop, um, R and B, that kind of stuff, and then mostly just rap and hip hop. Yeah, not much R and B really. And then a lot of post hardcore, and like metal is really big. And then obviously country, but country actually isn't that big in a live scene. They're more like every restaurant you go to has a country band playing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's not actually, and it's very focused on underground artists. There aren't a lot of, there are big acts that come through, but they go to like American Airlines and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we have those acts that are always coming through the Dallas area. But um, as far as like the music scene that we see most often, it's a lot of underground, a lot of indie artists um, and, and those those genres. So we're kind of out of place a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Trying to find our, our niche here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what would you consider your niche? What's what? Because I've I've listened to the album a couple times and thank you. Awesome. And it, it it's uh it's hard to like because you know we're we're music nerds so we like to define it and put you in a genre and yeah it's, yeah and <laughs> it's know, and it's kind of hard to put you guys in a genre. It we is. have that same problem. We do. I always have. I always make this joke that like I just hope that we get big enough to make a Wikipedia page and somebody can just define our genre for us. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I think that we like have kind of landed into the like alt indie or alt pop space. Yeah, is kind of where we're closest to. Like, uh, have you guys heard of Matt Mason? He's on the rise right now. Are you, He's are you incredibly trying, talented. Are you trying to date me again? Is that what? Um, I have not. Well, he's a, so it sounds like I got some homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's relatively new, um, just really kind of making a splash in the indie scene. And, you know, it's I don't know. There aren't a lot of artists because music is so ever changing. But also we like to use um, what we when we recorded our album, we focused a lot of attention on like the acoustic guitar and like very acoustic sounds mixed with a very modern digital sound. And then we focus our melodies and our, our lyrics and our vocals on intricacy and deep meaning and stuff like that. So we kind of mix a lot of different genres. And I think it's just because we've been influenced by so many artists mm-hmm. that we just kind of infiltrate all of that. Rachel listens to like, like Amy Winehouse, a ton and, of soul music, yeah. old soul music, Billy Holiday is one of my favorites. Nice. We just like have so much like referential points to yes. pull from. And I grew up in a, in a, out. When I was in like seventh and eighth grade, I was in a classic rock cover band. So I did a lot of Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, ACDC, along with, on the other side of that, we also did a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blink-182, like uh, all of our, my music tastes in growing up was really kind of eclectic. And now we listen to stuff that sounds more like us, but we really were just like trying to support indie artists and local artists while also jamming out to 21 Pilots or... um, (laughs) the good oldies, the, the the stuff that we like and the stuff that we liked growing up. I mean, nostalgia never dies. Right. Right. Yeah. Good. So going back to your point of, you know, merging a lot of different um, sounds and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I really love the song Illuminati 
and not just for ah, the, that's amazing. Not just for the cool play on the words for the title, and, and, <laughs> and for you all who are just listening and don't see the the how they spelled it. Naughty is spelled like naughty by nature, not because I hate it. <laughs> uh, so, so, so tell me a little bit about that song. So, I, I I'm assuming there's a little bit of deep meaning on that. That's uh, we're we're not just yes. gonna scratch on the surface on that. No one's got, no one's got to know We're putting on a show Convince me you're happy, it's all part of the act If you can't do it, they've got bills, they've got bills for that Put you back on your track A little bit of a, like a conspiracy theorist, a, a conspiracy. She's kind of a crazy person. <laughs> is what like, she's like in the eighth grade, I had to do like a year long project for like GT or whatever. You know, they had us do a year long project, and everybody was like doing the Holocaust and all of that. And I was like, I'm doing mine on the New World Order conspiracy theory. Like, I was that bad girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. It's always kind of like fascinated me to. Uh, talk about that but talk about the the one percent and talk about the one percent and so much of that has really become prevalent in like current day politics a little bit the one percent versus the 99 percent kind of like who's really in control of government who's really in control of our day-to-day lives and it's really kind of taking that uh that look at like all of these different facets of our lives where we feel out of control and questioning who's in control and how do you kind of navigate this? And how do you cope with that? Yeah, how we do you cope with that? wrote an album about coping. Yeah. I mean, Friend is an album about love and coping and and how to deal with uh, emotional pain and scars. Right. So it's like when you feel like you're a cog on the machine and you can't break free from the machine, how do you how do you like find peace and tranquility and That's why in the that? chorus kind of repeats that whole, that mantra, close your eyes, lose control, what you dream, they don't know. Yeah. So it's just... That's that's like the overarching. That's the overarching. And then cue up the X Files. <laughs> yeah. right. An interesting thing about that one is when we went into studio, um, Rachel was obsessed with making it sound like there was machine parts in the background. Like, we're all cogs in the machine. I want it to sound like machinery. <laughs> like Can this. we make that happen? And then, so at some point, our producer was like, "Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to grab every piece of metal inside the studio." Oh, and okay. so he, yeah, Rachel yeah. went in and what you're hearing and there's a drum beat that starts it off and also plays throughout the entire song. And it's like, I don't know if you can hear that, but um, that sound is actually Rachel inside of the recording studio Wait. with a hammer and an Allen wrench, which is just okay. pieced just a, together into that beat. It's just a cool, like, just a cool, you know, like when you, you see kit, see people like drumming on the street on trash cans and stuff like that. It's also like been like one of the bucketless dreams to have that kind of thing in our music or like so that was like a small opportunity to get to do something like that create music out of everyday items very cool 
So I, I love the fact that the album, you know, you all take turns handling the lead vocals. Mm-hmm. We just, uh, our last episode was on uh, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, which um, has three fantastic vocalists on That's it. So, cool. so, of course, I love copious amounts of harmony as well. So <laughs> awesome. how, how do you guys decide who's handling the lead on the song? Is it because you're the one who uh, wrote the song or... How do you how do you handle that? Yeah, typically it's it's whoever kind of uh, took the charge in writing the song. We both write all have a have a, piece, a part. Uh, yeah, like yeah. a part of writing the songs. But usually the songs that one of us is singing lead on, that was the person that primarily wrote. Yes, that song. like for instance, "Ocean" is a song that I sing lead on, and I wrote the I wrote the verses for that song, and Rachel wrote the chorus for that song. And it just happened to be when, especially when you're male and female, too, the the perspective that you write from tends to kind of lend to your gender in some ways which is frustrating and also yeah. makes it easy it's frustrating at times and then also makes it easier to it makes decide. it hard for us to write songs for each other specifically yeah. but um yeah. when we write a song and it's like well i mean i wouldn't say this you know i wouldn't <laughs> say it this way mm-hmm. so like maybe it makes more sense it makes sense for you to sing it and we try to have that balance too where we were both equally represented across the entire album so it, that came in the vocals. It came in the instrumentation. Um, we just wanted to have a very balanced band and a very balanced album with both of us in there. So we actually wrote about 50 songs for this album and chose 10. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So the way that I was introduced to you all was through your video, Move on Cue. <laughs> awesome. We had no idea. And. Yeah, and you all peppered in a ton of references to the TV series The Office, yes. which that's that that's totally what pulled me in on this. Awesome. Nice. So how many how many references are are in that video to episodes of The Office? There are two hundred and one references in the video. Oh in the video, which is insane because it's, it's like just there's several references in each 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 shot has. It has like at least four or five references in it. And I mean, it's a four minute video. So fitting 201 right. references in there was incredibly hard. And they range from things that are very obvious to, to layman viewers. And then boy, we're kind of obsessive viewers. We've seen the show over 80 times. No, like, yeah. like or maybe less than 80. Less than 80. I mean, that's, probably, a, that's a lie. That's, Don't lie to the maybe people. Maybe like 50 <laughs> times, you know? Um, but we, we came up with every reference off the top of our head. We didn't look up any lists or anything like that. So it's pure like, from our standpoint, it's pure fandom. We just we have a respect for the office and a love for the office. If you read our Twitter handle, it says, "If we're not making music, we're probably watching the office," and that's true. <laughs> um, Are you guys office fans? I guess. Oh, I am. Yeah, absolutely. I I am I am not, but my son, um, he's nineteen. He he's been into the office. He actually watched it the series in reverse what? What? Uh, just to try to, just to break it up, just to make it different. Cause he had watched it. So, so many times from beginning to <laughs> end that he, that he watched it in reverse. That's awesome. Yeah. My son's a huge. You should give fan. it a chance, Wayne. And, and everybody, and I think at this point I'm just being defiant because <laughs> right. every time I get caught watching it, I laugh. <laughs> and so uh, I, I think I'm just doing it to be a douche. You are. I mean, totally. some, some would say it is definitely like the best sitcom of our generation and i think i think it's true it's amazing it's great it's incredibly funny very thoughtful so interesting so there are also meta references included in there and we'll just kind of key you guys into that too just like a lot of them are they're not just something you're seeing it's also like 
an action or a okay. the spectacle itself. It's, it's a, the whole video is, you know, it's like one of those things. It's crazy. So, so give me a few examples of some references that only a super diehard is going to pick up in that video. Well, one of the references is, um, ah, okay. Okay. Cause so, I mean, cause, cause I mean the, the layman is going to get the, the stapler and the jello and, and right. yeah, you right. know, going to get the, the office Olympics, you know, all of those right. references. Right. they're going to get those, but g- give me some references. So that... there, yeah. So there's a, a pill bottle, a lipophedrin pill bottle in the video. Which, Just sitting on the counter. Okay. Yes. And that is when Michael goes to work for the telemarketing company where he's selling pills. He's doing like, like at nighttime, at he's nighttime selling he's, as a second job, yeah. he's selling lipophedrin pill bottles. I totally wouldn't have got that. Okay. There's like a bunch that are like <laughs> well, that, that. One's in, that one's like in say, uh, like the human pyramid. There's a part where we do a human pyramid inside of the video. Yeah. And that one's very big and up front, but it's a reference to when they opened the saber stores and started selling um, the pyramid tablets and yeah. the pyramid phones. Okay. Okay. So that's like a kind of intricate reference. Uh, the biggest, like most meta reference, and I'll just, we'll just say it here, is uh, there are... No, I can't. I think you she's can't giving do me that out. one. She can't. She's giving me out. I can't give that one away. Um, okay, we'll, another we'll, one. we'll yeah. talk. We'll talk offline then. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, so uh, and I dare anyone to listen to that song and not have that guitar riff stuck in their head for the rest of the day after. That. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So, Thank you. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll post the video out on the Facebook page. Everybody can take a look at that. It's, oh, it's, awesome. that's it's definitely, you. definitely worth your time, especially if you're an office fan. Um, it's a, it's a lot of fun. My hair is fading. My mind's evading the minutes as they pass. Cause I hate to watch them slip away. We're both on display We're on display And you guys okay. all, you you uh, you had your album release party in Dallas recently. So what we are did. what are the next plans for Still Electric? <sighs> we <It's> are <laughs> trying to figure, trying to figure it all that out. out, right? Um, <laughs> we yeah, have, we're indie, so we do we're all self funded. We're doing everything ourselves. But we have we're for sure going to do a hometown show in our hometown. We um, have that on the roster. Mm-hmm. A show in Colorado. Uh, we have a show in Colorado. We've talked about doing a trip up to Boston. That's where we recorded our album. So we actually have a lot of some network connections there that we could do a show there. Cool. Um, New York, New York City is another place. Um, we our jobs are based out of California, so um, we could actually do a show in California. We can talk tons Reno. About yeah, um, I mean, we, we have, have some places that we're looking at, at. We're just kind of looking at all the places we want to do, and beyond that, we're looking at um, really. Try- just like trying to grow out our online presence, really like Spotify playlists, yeah. that kind of stuff. 
just trying to gain some like meaningful traction Doing online. some contests like things like that yeah. um like similar to like the npr tiny desk cons con- um yeah. contest yeah mm-hmm. things like that we want to do um, we have some cool videos we want to we want to yeah, Try some cool videos, into... photography projects and stuff we're looking at. Really, we're doing the whole throw it all against the wall see thing what sticks. for the next yep. few months. Yeah, yes. see what sticks. And just kind of uh, entering more of the like local... The planning phase. We're, yeah. like, we're the... planning and then executing. And that's kind of how... That's what we're doing right now. It's just getting out there, playing shows, getting new fans, making our online presence huge, and then just hope, hoping something hoping that we can get enough going to justify making another album because we're ready to do it again. Because that's what we're ready to do. That's what we want to do. And I and you you mentioned the the California job because I always want to ask, you know, the up and coming artists what their day jobs are. Cause look, musicians, <laughs> they want to put put on the airs that, you know, the music is the only thing they're doing. And, you know, we kind of see through that. But but yeah. so, but you know what are what are the day jobs? What's uh, what's funding the, the 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 music at this point? Blood, sweat, and passion. <laughs> no, no I'm, uh, I'm kidding. We uh, we work we both work from home for a for a company that's based out of California. I'm the VP of marketing of the company. Okay, and, and I'm kind of in charge of uh, quality control of products and product delivery for the company. Gotcha. Okay, Just, so uh, that's the, that's good. It pays. I, it pays for the passion. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's perfect. All right. Well, uh, anything else we want to talk about about Still Electric before we jump into the record that you guys chose to revisit? Ooh, um, Wayne, just... you should totally watch that video. Even though you don't like The Office or haven't watched it yet, you should watch the video, and maybe it'll make you want to watch The Office. <laughs> but <It's>... also. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, we tried to make it to where even if you weren't a fan of The Office, you'd enjoy the video. So you should just check it out. Oh, I'm a, that's that's gonna happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything else. Nah, I mean, we I mean could, we're excited. We could keep, we're like ta- talking and pontificating about ourselves yes. for a very long time and our band. But we've already done two podcasts where we've done that. So yeah. excellent. We're <laughs> excited about this, the structure of this one. It's yeah, exciting to talk about something else. Yeah, that and that's part of why we uh, we structured it this way. So it uh, gives you an opportunity to you know plug your material, but also we know that a lot of musicians are music nerds like us, and so it gives <laughs> us an opportunity to talk about music that's important to us. And and it's and it's fun listening to other musicians talk about you know the 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 records that have really resonated with them. So it's, we've, we've definitely been um, introduced to some records that we probably wouldn't have listened to on our own. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment, right, Wayne? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So one last question before we dive into the record and Wayne loves when I throw this last question out. So, Oh man, here we go. So, Toto's Africa, good song or bad song? Man, okay. <laughs> we watched you guys' this video last night. On and, YouTube? On YouTube, and it said that you were going to ask that, and we were like, I, I, in my head, I was like, I need to go listen to, I don't know what the hell that is. I need to go listen to what they're talking about. <laughs> I don't know it. You don't know Toto's Africa? Hold You're on. No, lucky I don't. man. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that it's a good song. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to join the heavy percentage of I people might, that like it. I might know it. Hold on. 
So you're gonna know Weezer, it immediately. Weezer also did a cover of it. Is it the better version? Uh, yes. no, Toto's to, to, <laughs> version is the best, but Wayne Wayne will tell you otherwise. No, it's the better of those two. I wouldn't put it against anything else, but I need it's to just stop. super. I need to it's stop just asking this question. You break my heart every week. It's super eighties cheese, and it's I just like I say, it's not. It's one of those songs that I just don't find very remarkable. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, I know, know the song. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, the song. I know I that. Know. I didn't know what it was called. Okay, <laughs> t- um. that, that's tough to believe. <laughs> so I um, take it, Maurice, I, you are not a lyric guy. Is that is that correct? I I he wasn't. For I wasn't. Time. No, I have okay. since become one. But I I realized in listening to the album that we're about to discuss that man, I didn't listen to nearly half of these lyrics or read them. I'm not a lyric reader, like. We, we decided to do, like, with our album, we decided to put a booklet in there with lyrics in it because Rachel was like, when I was a kid and I bought CDs, when I bought CDs, and I don't buy CDs very often now, but when I bought CDs, I loved pulling out that booklet and reading those lyrics. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, lyrics yeah. are so important to me. <laughs> and I was not. But, I you know, I think when I was in sixth grade, my first CD was Shaggy. Um, You're killing me. And I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it was the lyrics to it wasn't me. Yeah. I just knew them. Right. You know? But no, I was never a lyric listener, which is interesting because I love writing lyrics. So as I've written more, I've become more of a lyric listener and I try to break that habit, that bad, terrible habit of not knowing what songs are called. Yeah. Yeah. And or no. about. No, I get it. And uh, so revisiting this particular record. So I, I keep, dancing around what record we're going to revisit. So we're revisiting saying anything's is a real boy. And um, so I'm assuming that you had an opportunity to read the lyrics now, now, now that you've probably been listening to this record for the last, you know, 14 years or however long it's been. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. Which, okay. Granted, we knew a lot of the words. I knew a lot of the words without having read them, but now I have like sat down and like read them in depth and <laughs> developed a new appreciation. Yeah, let's put that on the back burner. We'll talk about the lyrics as we go through each of these songs because there's a few that we're probably going to need to address. So, uh, so let's talk <laughs> about some of the other records that you thought about because uh, this was this was uh, a little bit of a tough decision for you. There was there were a couple yes. other options. Uh, you included Amy Winehouse, Rachel, you, you brought that up that you're an Amy Winehouse mm, fan. Um, huge. you also brought up Darwin D's who I was not super familiar with, with D's. So is that really his real name? Darwin D's? I don't, you know, I don't think know. I'm going to Google so. it real quick. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm hoping it's I'm not, not sure. poor, poor guy. Um, <laughs> so, I don't, D- so, so what, what really decided it? for you to revisit this particular record? I think it just, it was the first one that popped in our heads. Yeah. Like it was the first one that we were like, we need to do as a real boy. And then we heard, we listened to a podcast that you guys did. And I think it might, it might've been the infamous dookie one that you guys talked about so much. (laughs) And then you, and then you referenced Bemis. And we were like, oh my gosh, okay, so they like, no say anything, it's going to be okay if we do say anything. So I think that was a part of our our, our scheme too, is one, we not only had a a deep love for say anything and grew up listening to them, 
but we also thought of those three two that would probably be the one that you guys would be able to have more insight on valid yeah Yeah, valid but i mean really we love we love this album so much and it was like the first album that i think we loved together yes like had you know like brought separate music tastes we discovered them in the beginning at near the beginning or right before we started dating yeah so um the uh, the earliest the early parts of our relationship are kind of defined and kind of consumed by saying <laughs> yeah that's all we all we listen to via gotcha, gotcha. LimeWire LimeWire <laughs> <laughs> oh. now you're dating yourself yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad we're, it's not just pointing at us so no <laughs> so the the one question that when we went back and forth while you guys were trying to decide on the the record you know you asked me well we aren't sure if the albums we've picked are old enough to be revisited and and honestly i said i we didn't care about when the records were released right. um, mm-hmm. you know one of our favorite episodes that we've done this year was with michael MacArthur who introduced us to John Prine's most recent record. And that, that just came out last year. Okay. So we're, we, we are definitely all over the place and um, you're actually right in Wayne's wheelhouse because he hasn't bought any music since 2004. (laughs) Yeah. This, I would say that this was this scene, that whole emo scene from that time was actually probably the last time, I was I listened to the radio or bought bought music because my daughters were they're real close in age and they were all in high school. And so they were at that age where they don't want to listen to their parents music and they don't want to listen to the radio. And so there was a lot of My Chemical Romance and the used and Taking Back Sunday and uh. Uh, 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 just all, you know, my, one of my daughters, my oldest daughter's first favorite bands was Blink-182, and then it was Fall Out Boy. So, I mean, all this stuff, You're... I was right in there. This was about the last time I actually found, you know, contemporary music uh, interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My Chemical Romance is actually on the board for us for a second. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was, for sure. All those you listed are like... That's our that's, that's our high school years. Yeah. Right there. That's your jam. Our jam. Yeah. That's our Wheelhouse. music. Yeah. I mean, my favorite childhood band is probably Jimmy World. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I mean, they, they were kind of revolutionary in the emo emo rock um, style that, say anything, is also a pioneer, and I, I would think. Yeah. So, let's jump into it. So, this is uh, Is a Real Boy by Say Anything. Say Anything is the band that was founded by Max Bemis. Did I say it right, Bemis? Yes. Yeah, okay. you remember, just confidence. You don't have to ask. Uh, okay. It's <laughs> only confidence. Founded by Max Bemis. There we go. That's the uh, all right. So this record was the band's first for Doghouse Records. Originally, this was going to be a musical, is what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I read. Um, and I guess that would make sense since uh, if you look at the producers. So one of the producers on this record was none other than Stephen Trask. He's the man behind Hedwick and the Angry Inch. So I I guess from what I read that this was supposed to be like full narrative cast of characters Mm -hmm. are going to be spoken word interludes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Max wised up because it's hard to write a musical. Supposedly from what I read, and maybe you guys can chime in here on this, but kind of had a breakdown 
trying to trying to put all this together. Yeah, we read a, a kind of an op-ed about it too, just to just to be sure, because we had all this vague memories of all this stuff about Max Bemis, but um, we were reading a piece that said he had talked to uh, one of his producers about doing kind of a mockumentary with um, for the piece, so they were going to release a mockumentary in tandem with the album, and he says that he started walking around New York City and he was starting to be afraid that he was being filmed and not knowing that he was being filmed and meeting strangers that he thought were friends and they were trying to film him meeting these people. He, he essentially had a nervous breakdown. He has bipolar disorder, which he's been pretty open about. about, And that was his first or only major manic episode, but he came back after he kind of recovered from it and just realized that all of the pressure of trying to do a musical and all of this stuff by himself and the pressure of trying to make it perfect was just too much. And he just wanted to make it just an album and like the greatest album that he could make it. Cause it really just sent him into, into it. I mean, yeah. And full blown mania. That's, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be terrifying to yeah. that level of paranoia and that level of feeling. Well, too- so overwhelmed by your art. Right. To to that point on the paranoia. So the one thing that I read was uh, he said that I was I was trying to uh, the two people I wanted to outdo with Uh. as a real boy were Andy Warhol and Jesus. (laughs) Right. Right. And we don't know if that was like, was that part of the mania? Was that a jest? You know, was that that a joke? Because he's actually like both a Jew and a Christian. Right. Right. So like he's down with Jesus. So I feel like it would be, I feel like it would be a joke or part of, or part of the grandiose his own mania there. Yeah. He was also 19. He was 19 years old. Yeah. And rock stars say crazy shit and 19 year olds say crazy shit. So I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so original release of the album, like I said, was on Doghouse. They managed to sell 20,000 copies independently, which is just kind of crazy. Insane. Yeah, wow. so that that attracted major label attention. <laughs> so um, I guess they were signed by who? Sony, RCA? Um, J Records, which is part J of Records. Sony, I think. That, that's it. And um, so... They reissued this. So originally it was it was issued in 2004. They reissued it on the major label in February of 2006, uh, provided a bonus disc. We'll talk about some of that stuff. I mean, we kind of went back and forth that maybe we were going to do the reissue yeah. tracking and go track by track. But good gosh, that's 21 songs. And it's so long. <laughs> it's so, it's so, so much long. music to to the point of i don't drink this would probably cause me to um, <laughs> if we did 21 songs um so we'll 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 chat about the other songs but they they did do a bonus disc with the with the reissue this was the eight track ep that was known unofficially as say anything versus aids and then the second oh. reissue uh, includes the extra track "Walk Through Hell," which is just a really great song. Oh, um, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. A great song. Yeah. So we'll 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 chat about that as we go go further on. So buckle up because we do have some songs to talk about. 
let's let's talk one more thing before we jump into is a real boy so one thing we haven't discussed is that saying anything is now on hiatus their most recent release from 2018 oliver appropriate supposedly is a follow-up record to this one is that is that correct yes that is correct according to his his the the letter he released to all his fans this is like where this character is a real boy was a, a concept album that kind of defined him and defined his career. And then Oliver appropriate is the ending of that era for him. Well, yeah. Or it's like who this person would have been had he not gotten the help and love and support that he needed That's along right. the years. That's right. right. I only, I, yeah. I only listened to mouth breather because I wanted yeah. to see if they made any stranger things references. <laughs> uh, but so i didn't i didn't listen to the rest of the record um i'm assuming you all as fans have listened to it we have yes. yeah we listened to it and it's a beautiful album yeah okay yeah. yeah it's great i mean it's sad it's like the ending of an era but i felt like it was an appropriate end and very beautifully done and the like the album order the album sequencing is perfect yes like the order it tells in which such you, a great story yeah do you disagree, Wayne? I have I have not listened to it yet. I've been he, he's gonna have me on a pretty regimented schedule listening to whatever the next topic is. I haven't been able to grab a lot of newer stuff, but I, I'll definitely put it on my list. But I just want to I just want to admonish him because he had the perfect segue for the first song when he said to buckle up. Uh, ah! that's, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So here we go. This is Belt. Strip of natural charm Naked but that belt I wear so well Buckle past the pyramids And the Liberty Bell I said, whoa, oh, oh They carted me off Yeah, whoa, oh, oh, oh They carted me Hey, this is something So this starts out with conversation about starting out the album. Uh, I did watch an interview with Max and he indicated that this record again, was originally supposed to be a rock opera after hearing this song. Anyone get the vibe that this was kind of left over from that whole rock opera vibe. I mean, I, the beginning. Yeah. The beginning, the especially, which I love. I love the beginning because it just sets you up to like know who Max is and like the anxiety and the crazy, like neuroses that is the person that has written this album. Yeah. I couldn't <sighs> agree more. The first, the fact this song was lower when I first heard it, I, I didn't like it. I was like, I don't, this, what's going on. But as I listened to the whole album and then, then when I heard it, I was like, that's just incredible honesty. That's like setting this whole thing up to just to show people what, what he you know what he goes through and 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 who he is uh and once i looked at it in that light i just thought it was brilliant and i couldn't i couldn't hear it without it yeah right. it's like just part of the song it's part, and it's it's so it's also like a, a continued theme throughout the album but it's like this reluctance to be honest and i think that's he's like i'm having anxiety about saying this this little thing that is kind of catchy and kind of whimmy and whatever and he's like well that's, I mean, that's it. 
why are you it. freaking out like, about that? Words. Like it's like, such what's a the, what's the big deal? It's such a cool moment. It's I don't know. A, I laugh every time yeah. he says, "Yeah, that's it." I just think after, and then I mean, at this point, I just feel like it's so important to this whole to this whole album. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, and they definitely have the Broadway uh, feel to it. That full chorus of background singers at the end singing about my friends in the alley tonight. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I definitely can see that, that in a rock opera. Yeah. You know, like you can paint the whole picture. I, I will uh, say this, that it, there's a couple songs that, that, that full background chorus doesn't work for mm-hmm. me. I, the, the, there's a little bit of a formula for some of the songs, which I, I get if you were trying to write a rock opera, I, I, I get but um, some some of the formula kind of wore on me on a couple of songs. I'll I'll chat about those. Um, cool. I will say this, Wayne. So this is second week in a row that I had to go to dictionary.com. Uh, <laughs> did you go, did, is it I, this song or because the next one I had to look up a word? No, I had to I had to look up Zendarme. Zendarme. Yes, and I think it's pronounced Zendarme because it's it's a armed police officer in France and other French speaking countries. Yes. So yeah, yeah, that's, we had to look it up too. And in the song, he says, I managed, and I managed to escape the good gendarme or something like that. The way he pronounces it, it's, I'm not really. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, same. I had to look up a lot from this album. Yeah. Whenever we were like deep diving into it and like, okay, let's really like listen to this album actively. I was like, what do these words mean? I feel like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, and and Wayne, I feel like he could have used incendiary somewhere in this, right? Well, he could have. I, I mean, he's he is a very he's a very uh, talented individual. He's, a, I mean, I didn't write a lot of notes in this about music because, and I don't mean to to hurt anybody's feelings, but the music in this is very standard for that whole genre at that whole time. There wasn't anything I mm-hmm. I found in it, you know remarkable they do a good job for i mean for a guy who played all the instruments uh he he did phenomenal but i think what really set him apart and what really makes me wonder why they weren't bigger is his lyrics he's some some stuff is just completely brilliant and uh i can say this song i he this is one of those songs where he creates a vision i mean i see him it i I, when he says belt i'm thinking of one of those big championship wrestling belts Mm -hmm. uh and just and like the the whole idea of rebellion in the sense of I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be true to myself. And if I'm not recognized in my hometown, I'm still going to gain fans. But those fans may not be many, but they will be loyal and they will be fierce. And then my fan, I'll, I'll put my fans up against yours any day. It's yeah, very, it's very, that. it's a very wrong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Gerard Way and Pete Wentz. Watch your back. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, it's a great, it's a great song just about kind of like giving the finger to the naysayers and doubters and just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's a metaphor for his pride, for his passion, for like, it's a song about not selling out. And to start with so much anxiety in the first line, it's really funny because it comes off as a very like self-confident song. I don't know. And that's funny. And that's great. That works great too. Cause he does have that, that sense that you get that. And then that opening riff would make white stripes, Jack white. Uh, jealous. I mean, he really, he really opens it up and sets this album, you know, on fire. Gets it going really yeah. well. I will actually con. I, I will say the opposite about the music side of things because I, while it is, I think very 
um, because I consider melody and stuff like that a part of that too. But he did a great job um, about playing with levels and playing with the acoustic or playing with more finger picking and stuff like that as far as guitar work goes in some of these songs. Um, and then just having moments where it's really big and really loud, but then also playing with the softness there that you don't, you didn't really hear a lot in the emo rock that was happening at yeah. the time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's jump into some scores. So, cool. some, some cool. Maurice. So, I gave this one an eight. And Rachel? A seven. And then Wayne? A ten. And I gave it a six. Nice. So this this didn't quite fit my criteria of first song needs to come out of the gate. So didn't quite live up to that bill. But um, still, I think still sets a good tone again for that whole Broadway rock opera type type uh, sensibility that they're 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 trying to convey. So all right, second song. This is whoa. Smell California in sweet hypocrisy. Floating my senses around my body. I wake my nose to smell that ocean So I'll start this out. So when I first heard this, my first thought was Wayne's going to totally love this song. <laughs> uh, am I right? Yeah. You know what? You're, you couldn't be more right. <laughs> so I, I do love the keyboard interlude in this. Um, I'm going to be critical in a few songs about the constant key changes and the change in tone and the full chorus singing that they employ for a ton of songs. But for this song, it totally works. Um, and the ending with the slower approach. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the only word that I wrote down for the, for the ending was Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, it makes the sense. La da da la da da. Yeah. 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 Da, da, da. So, yeah. so tell me about, whoa, Wayne, what, uh, what made this one of your, your, your top songs. Well, I, ultimately, I mean, I love they, they started out, which I'm not, I didn't go and check out time frames, but it has that very black parade feel with that kind of bouncy, mm-hmm. almost carnival like thing that goes on in the beginning. And then it, mm-hmm. it gets more schizophrenic and then all of it, then it kind of goes a little more straightforward emo, <laughs> but the line, I can't get laid in this town without those points and shoes is one of the best things I've ever read. I've ever, I, I just, uh, that, that was just great. I mean, just the whole song, he, uh, 
he just he paints a, a great picture and in and just to get that you know and then she talks about how it makes her feet black and blue it was just uh i thought it was genius i just loved it so good so what so, so what good. makes this good for you rachel well the lyrics are amazing and just the attitude of it is wonderful um I actually want to let Maurice talk about it because we had a lengthy discussion. Yeah, about this we one. talked a lot last night, <laughs> and we we drank a lot of wine and talked a lot about this album. <laughs> um, and our notes, my notes are like my notes are schizophrenic. That's how like listening to say anything makes me feel. Um, I loved so much about this song lyrically because like especially the dual meaning of woe that he yeah. uses oh, is yeah. so cool. This boy's got woe, woe, right. He lives with woe, woe. And it's basically saying, this boy's got sadness. This boy's got pain. Wow. Or isn't that exciting? Or isn't that incredible? Like, the dual meaning there was just so clever and so and interesting. we sang along with this song for years and never picked, picked up. On, picked that up. Yeah. Until we were, like, combing through lyrics last I, night. I mean, this song is about, like, being lonely and being sad and being going through life and struggling. And it's about, like, even though he's going through that, like, I don't want to die. Like the ending is like, I don't want to die despite my loneliness, despite my sadness. I want to live. And you can send me a letter from, from the grave. If you need, what is it? It's verse four. It's go sob in your bed. If life is twice as pretty, once you're dead, then send me a card. I'm still the optimist though. It's hard. Like it's such a beautiful verse Mm -hmm. and kind of a sentiment. Just lyrically, this whole album is incredible. Any other last words before we get some some scores on woe? No. Anything? No. 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 Yeah. So, uh, Wayne? I did forget one. I had to look up Plutocrat. I assumed it was like somebody oh, who... Did, I thought it was somebody too. maybe mad that Pluto lost its planet status, but it's actually <laughs> somebody whose power derives from wealth, which was another... Like I say, most people would say something else, and he, he dug down and found something even more more obscure and, and and it makes people think and look things up in the in the google it's also a tie into belt too because it's a, a plutocrat is also somebody that a sellout a, somebody who would sell the shirt off their back would do anything for wealth oh. it's 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 like that sent that same sentiment that he employed in belt is employed right there in that one there we word go. there we go all right wayne your score I gave it 11 for the pointy, pointy fucking shoes. <laughs> That's a great line. I'm having the clown car whore you twice in one song. Man. I think, I think, I think Whoa. you just want to, to, to quote Max for, for, for this episode, just to put, I'll be, I'll behave best right, I can. All right. Maurice. Yeah. We, we talked about it last night. That's been, that's, that's going to be really hard for us too, but we're drinking coffee and not wine. So hopefully we're going to okay. keep it together. That, that, that's all good. All right. So, uh, Maurice, your, your score, my score was a 10 and this one actually, I, I, we, as we went through the album, I kept everything kind of like with tally marks and stuff to just keep And this was way up there in my top two spots for a long yeah. time. And then Rachel, it's an eight for me. Okay. And Wayne, I'm matching your 11. Nice. Wow. We're, we're going to talk about our scores. Cause I don't, I don't. I don't look at Wayne scores until I'm done with my scores as well. This, this could be one of the first records that we have ever agreed on our, our, uh, the, the, the top three songs together. So, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Say anything has brought us together. It has brought us together. Uh. 
I want to sing Kumbaya and give you a big hug right now. So sing alive with the glory of love. That's right. That's right. right. We will be. We will be. All right. Let's jump into the third song. This is the Writhing South. So somebody somebody explained the lyrics to me because I'm not sure if this is a song about having a tough time finding drugs in a southern town <laughs> or a southern state or if there's something more to that. Because if you're really having a tough time finding drugs in a southern town, you're not looking hard enough is all I'm going to say. Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. Like yeah, every yeah. street corner, for sure. It's just, as many churches as there are, there are also that many drug dealers. In the south. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, um, Rachel actually, and I actually have a disagreement on this song about what it was about. Okay, yeah. I want to hear it. So I I took that it was kind of a song about his rising fame um, and kind of all of that. Uh, so that was a big theme for him on the album. Um, the There was a sentiment about like, you were saying, support me now. Yeah, come pollinate me, come pollinate me now, or... Or don't like come come support me now. Like or... you have one last chance to be a part of this with me, and if you don't come with me now, you're not going to be along for this journey, kind of. Mm-hmm. And like I know that uh, I think that maybe the Southern Town or all of this uh, beginning reference was like being spat in L.A. like the in California. Because mm-hmm. um, there's something about that that we saw somewhere about this song being about actually his life in California. Is that right? Is that this song? Mm-mm. That's a different song. Mm-hmm. Get them all confused. There's so many. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I had come. I I I felt like it was a song, just kind of about the rising fame and and kind of join join me now or or not. And I thought it was about sex. Yeah. See, that's 100%. what I thought. Yeah, I wrote down sex, drugs, and rock and roll because I thought he referenced. I just seemed like almost like uh, maybe a you know a tour a tour stop in a in a mm-hmm. in a van where they you know, we're there looking for drugs and girls and the whole, you know, and the whole, the whole mm. thing. But I love the chorus because it almost has a, a British football team chant kind of thing about it when he's when uh-huh. singing in the chorus. Yeah. And the full chorus shouting um, that worked in the last song for me doesn't, I don't know, just doesn't work for me in this one. Not sure what it is, but it just, I don't know. Maybe because you had the last song where it worked and this one just, eh, it just doesn't. Yeah. Interesting. Really for me, this song, I think it's just so much fun because yes, it starts yeah. like it goes on just like a crazy musical journey. Um, Like it starts out like with the rock, like it has the big rock start and then um, the, the bridge. And then the ending of the song is insane. Like it felt to me like an album ender. Almost because it like yes. just ends with like such a bang. Oh yes, it's the crazy outro. Yeah, it has the crazy blah, outro. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I love that. And so it's crazy because it's like track three, and you feel like it should be the end of the album, but it's just track three. 
Yeah. We're just getting and, started. And 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 Wayne, did you kind of get the feeling from the ending of this that maybe Max listened to a lot of Faith No More or Mike Patton records back in the 90s? I kind of got that vibe. Yeah, th- this is I mean all of them and it's funny I think we said it in a another one already, but schizophrenic almost all the songs don't keep their form through the mm-hmm. whole thing. They they kind of like go off the rails for at least for a mm-hmm. second and maybe either do something different or go back, which I I don't think that that's a coincidence, you know, considering his, uh, his bipolar disorder or, you know, and the kind of place that he's already kind of said that he's in at the beginning of this record. I don't, I think musically, I think sonically he's saying the same type of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. And, and this actually, <laughs> never mind. I had a, I had a lead up after, or after what you were saying, Wayne, I was like, yeah, exactly. And this, <laughs> and now I can't remember what it was. Gone. So skip me. Oh, oh, I remember now. There it is. Uh, I get it. <laughs> I think I think a lot of this album is uh, very cheeky, you know, because it's like he's being experimental with like how he's setting things up, and like you said, like with song format and stuff like that. Well, there, well, I agree. There are points that he revisits a lot. I think he tried his best to kind of like do something new and interesting. But I think like that whole outro is such like a rock band thing to do the whole crazy like hitting the cymbals and the snare rolls and everybody's jamming out and it's like craziness like it's almost like he's being I would I don't want to say making fun of that but that's kind of how I felt a little bit like he was just kind of joking about it tongue in cheek yeah real tongue in cheek yeah yeah I can totally see that yep absolutely all right let's get some scores so Rachel your score Uh, I give this one a five okay and then Wayne uh six and then Maurice also a six. And I gave it a five. So I think we're all. Wow. This is uh, middle, middle, middle of the pack here. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Here's number four song. This is Alive with the Glory of Love. song was a hit for the band charted at uh, number 28 on the alternative songs chart and this is an interesting one because i did not pay attention to the lyrics on this until Same. i watched the inter- interview yep. with, with max and, you know and uh so this is telling the story of max's grandparents who were holocaust survivors Isn't that, that crazy? is just crazy um you know and and maybe i should have picked up on it uh earlier listening to it but and it's one of those things where when you read the lyrics you don't know how you didn't pick up that's that's totally it because this is one of those songs it has it's a very it's it's a very jangly pop song that you can you know really just listen to and really enjoy i listened to this song probably 10 or 12 times before we'd i'd ever sat down to listen to it for this podcast and liked it. It was one of my favorite songs on this album, but nothing 
until I read that about his grandparents. And then I went and listened to it and looked at the lyrics and I'm like, there's no way this is not my favorite song. This is complete. (laughs) This is complete genius. This is amazing. Amazing. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We were like, just blown. We sat mouth agape. Just like, how did we not ever know that this is what this song was about? That's it. There's a couple lines. They'll search the buildings, collect gold fillings, wallets and rings. I'm like, how did I miss that? Um, Well, the axis. Yeah. When the axis win. Yeah. In our, uh, yeah. It's, there's just, I don't know how I didn't catch that. I, I don't know. I just was amazed. It's brilliant. It's this so is just brilliant. a brilliant song. You look finer really with each day in hiding beneath the wormwood. Yes. What? what? <laughs> I know. I, so, so I did, I did see, um, uh, Max did say in an interview, he said, I thought about what it would be like to be in love and be separated from the person you love because these times are just as dire in, in a way anything can happen in a war and terrorist attacks and cynicism and all these actors who, who oppose love. So yeah, there there's total double meaning on, on all of this. And it's, um, it's genius that I didn't ever pick up on any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a song about like hope and courage and completely only reliant on love. And that's, what a beautiful sentiment. Right. Yeah. Incredible. Yep. It's crazy. Such a good one. All right. Did 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 we did we get it all? On I that feel one? I, I think mean, like, what so. else is there it's to gorgeous. say? It's gorgeous, it's heartbreaking. It's how did we not know? So well written. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. This is I thought was going to be my favorite song, and uh, it is. Uh, especially after after finding out what the true meaning and background of the song. So it's, it's absolutely my, my top score. Uh, Maurice, how about you? I'm going to say this before I say my score and it's that uh, this. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, I know where it's going, but go ahead. This album was so damn hard to put in order. So hard. There it is. There it is. <laughs> So and it would it would not be an episode without our guest saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I did it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so damn and I love this song and I love the top I love the top 13 songs on this album. Um and I gave this one a 9. And then Rachel? I also gave it the 9. All right. And then Wayne. I've already exclaimed this is a 13. This is my favorite song. Like I didn't think it was going to be um but once I found that out, and then I must have listened to it five or six more times after that, and I just, it just got, it just met, got better and better every time. Yep. Absolutely. Let's move on. Here is Yellow Cat slash Red Cat. I watch my yellow cat invade my red cat in the yard. The feline war has raged for years, so I assume it too hard for me to drive my foot between them i would never risk the scratch just to prove to one or both of them a cat is just a cat again i watch my cousin greg watch mtv inside his home he makes fun of the hip-hop videos from the couch Let's go back to your point, uh, Rachel and, and Maurice, about your your slam poetry, and uh, you know the, the the background of your of your uh, band name. 
this mm-hmm. reads like modernist poetry to me. This this I could see Max I going see up in a coffee house and totally doing the slam poetry thing. 100%. Starts out talking about the yellow cat and the red cat. And then it's, no, I'm really observing all my friends and how we're wasting away our days. Yeah. And yes. To, and to quote Max, hey, 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 hey. i guess the question that i've got on here because one of the lyrics was just really poignant for me is um i would never risk the scratch just to prove to one or both of them a cat is just a cat so he's talking about intervening in this little feline war uh, between yellow cat and red cat So I guess my question is, at what point do we risk the scratches to intervene on people who are wasting away their lives? Because there's there's quite a few people in this this particular song um, and calls a few of them, Greg and Lou. Yeah, they're 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 kind of wasting away their 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 days. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. so at what point do we do we risk the scratches? At what point do we, or to what point does Max? Uh, either one. Either. I think it's yeah. Just like a... Yeah, like a, a more philosophical question. I think it depends on how much. I mean, it depends on how often you give parts of yourself to people. Yeah, I, I, I think like what made this song so beautiful and wonderful is like there's this this real like empathy and understanding for like why people are stuck, and almost just an acceptance of the fact that people. It's so hard to break people out of whatever their routine is, whatever their like comfort zone is, whatever. I don't know. Instead of being like these, these friends of mine are the worst. He's more like these friends of mine are who they are. And, and I love them for who they been. are. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I could, they could get better or they could stay just the same and remain complete waste of space, but I'll still love them. Like and that's I think also personally, our, our, our thing is like, you never, you always risk the scratch, yes. you know, you always do to like help your friends and people. I don't know, achieve the, the greatness that you see in them. Risk the scratch, but I mean, you don't but, risk death. Yeah, risk the scratch and, and and don't get your feelings hurt if you get scratched. Yes. Because it's hard for people to change. Yeah, it is. Totally. Wayne, anything you wanted to... I think we're lovers, you know? <laughs> uh, this one took me a while to get because I, I do, I wanted to say from the first verse, I got this bigger metaphor like i don't know whether it was east versus west or you know or or what it was but i guess i was i was looking at it too hard but by the time i usually sit down before about a couple hours before the podcast and make sure i got all my notes and reading it and listening to it i i finally i finally got like save just what you were saying that everybody's just sitting around getting high or wasting their time um and they and I love them. I don't, I, I don't, you know, that's what they are. That's who they are. And that's what they're doing. There's nothing, you know, I wish they'd stop. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, oh, a, I love this damn song. So I, much. Do too. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this one. Just all of it is so well-written. Um, yes. So beautifully articulated. Like the way that he says things is just like incredible. Like the, I watched my neighbor's son play with his shotgun in the street. I think I'll blaze all day and one marvel at the massive food I eat. I think I'll blaze all day and marvel at the massive food I eat. He didn't just say like I think I'll smoke some weed and eat a lot. Right. Like it I don't the know. The way he says things is just incredible. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. It's amazing. But the but the sentiment is I think really relatable. Yeah. 
just about how we how we ignore ourselves and how we remain complacent and how sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right. Let's get some scores. So, uh, Maurice. Oh, I gave this an 11. And then Rachel. I also gave this one an 11. I feel like you guys may have, you know, talked about this. We, we did, did not. not. We did not talk about it until we had finished scoring. We we like it was so very difficult to not talk about <laughs> it, but we did not talk about it. We lit- we sat on opposite ends of a couch and had a speaker between us and just listened to the album, came up with our own notes, our own scores. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Wayne. I gave it a 5. I I I did, there's not a song on here that I didn't like, but this one like I say I think there were just elements of it that uh I had a little more keyboard too. This was mm-hmm. the first time I really noticed the keyboard in it. Yeah. You know, and I kind of figured you were not going to like this as much because of the keyboard based off of <laughs> the last couple episodes we've done. So Interesting. Yeah. What you got against keyboards? I don't know what Nothing. <laughs> it, I don't have anything against keyboards. I just think there's a time and a place and this was it's I think they're in there more where you, I where I don't notice them as much, but this was a this is I mean what this is post-punk you know, you know, emo from the, from the early 20, uh, 21st century. I just, I don't know if keyboards are always, always work. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, it kind of did for me. So I gave it a nine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm more on, I'm more on your guys' side. So there we go. Oh, that's pit me against the guests. Okay, Absolutely. I, see <laughs> Absolutely. I do it quite well, often. And- I don't know if you've clued in on that. In all fairness, we had burned CDs with this song on it, and it was like one of the songs we listened to probably every day for like two years straight. Yeah. So we also have a fondness. We for also it. have a fondness for this song. Just really, just dig it. There you go. All right, let's move on. Uh, next song is the Futile. to get started on the futile i'll get started i have going into this album this this whole album is a lot about like self-hatred and um and about uh just commiserating in your own misery but then also like getting beyond that and then loving life too so the parts of the album where he got into that misery a little more and that's really that's how i felt about this song is about like a hatred of self or a hatred of everyone and just how he's doomed, but also choosing to be lonely. So that sentiment, I didn't, I wasn't in love with it, but I love this damn song. Mm-hmm. Such a fun one to sing along to. So I think that reflected on me a little bit with this song. Okay. It's like and how, I, yeah. Yeah. The only note that I wrote on this, I love this song one, because it's super fun to sing along and like just jam to, but um, I, I took the note. It's just depression in a song and a very like, real honest way 
just tackling the apathy and total like hands up, I'm giving up depression. Uh, and I think he tackles it so articulately. I think he nailed it. I mean, the uh, the line, eat, sleep, and flee in four words, that's me. I mean, yeah. wow. Like, yeah, that's that's depression. I mean, I, I was just, that line just just blew me away. That just, I was like, uh, I was, that was brilliant. You're trying to set a record so with number of clowns. No, no, I, that's, that's in context. That's a quote. I can't be, I can't be held responsible. It was last time too. Every that's time you curse, it's been a quote. I'm using them in context. And I did love he took a shot at his contemporaries with the the tiny portions of your artful abortions of sound sealed with a kiss, uh, slathered into sar- sauce, sarcastic. So go mm-hmm. choke on your choke irony. Choke on your irony. <laughs> oh, it's so well written. But he says futile, and I, I, I Ben keeps calling it futile. That's the way I always say the word too. But yeah, I think it's a, it's one of those uh, tomato, those tomato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. Dog, dog, you know. So going back to your point, Rachel, about, uh, you know, the misery thing, I I do love the lyrics about the eating rat poison for dinner. I totally, so I didn't look at the lyrics the first time that I listened to it, and I totally thought he was saying, I'm dying alone. It's actually, I'm dining alone with the whole rat Mm -hmm. poison. But you could have, I think you could have. It's interchangeable. I think the meaning's the same. Absolutely. Could (laughs) have gone either way. And I really think that this is the perfect song after the last song of Wasting the Days Away, because I feel like this song is the kind of the plea for someone to intervene and teach them to do something besides how to die. And I, so this is, this is one where I really see the Broadway element, the storyboarding coming together on this Mm -hmm. song where the last, you know, this song and the previous song, really come together in this whole rock opera thing. Yeah. The sequencing is amazing there. I didn't notice that, but it really mm-hmm. is. That's brilliant. Anyone like the abrupt ending though? <sighs> yeah. He doesn't do yeah. that enough on some of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really I am not a fan of fade outs. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're cool. With we it. may differ in you're that. You're cool with that then. Yeah. We yeah. Like I like it. it. Okay. We like it. Right. I like having a, as just long as you don't do parts. it on every song. Yeah. Like when people do it on every song, you're like, stop doing that. I like you to wind <laughs> yeah. down. But yeah. Yeah. I don't like the like, it's the chorus repeated 18 times and it's just slowly getting quieter. Right. Like, I don't like that fade out. Okay. All right. Let's get some scores. So I'm throwing mine out. Mine, mine's a four. Wayne. I gave it an eight. I I did like, uh, I liked the whole, I'd say I liked the shot he took at his contemporaries and I liked how he, he captured a uh, very deep depression in one, one in four words, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Maurice. Hmm. I thought this was going to be higher for me, but then as we listen to the, it's a five for me. Okay. And then Rachel. I gave this one a 10. Ooh. All right. All over the board. Absolutely. We are. All right. Moving on, this is Spider Song.
is uh, super catchy. And other than the super overtly catchy. sexual innuendo, I have no idea what this song is about. Anyone that want to explain? Well, does anybody think it might be a tip of the hat to The Cure? Because he uh, love song on disintegration is pushed together in one word. And then, of course, lullaby on disintegration is about the Spider-Man. I know there's not really anything else in there, but it just felt like because uh, his music may not match up with Robert Smith's, but his lyrics do have a lot of that uh, kind of moody, gloomy cure feel. I don't know, but I'm sure he has. I'm sure he's listened to The Cure for I wouldn't doubt it. Mm-hmm. And so they probably influence him a lot. Yeah, I I almost went there, Wayne. Um, almost. We actually, <laughs> he did a Reddit AMA where he, what's the Reddit AMA that he talks about what the song's about? No. No, it's not. It's just somewhere we found just a. I don't think that we got any definitive answer on Spider Song. Well, it's like a metaphor for his a relationship with a girl. Well, yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. yeah I This song is so interesting um, because it's basically. I'm talk- glad I'm not the only one who doesn't have it any clue what this song is about that that thank you yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's I, about him in a being almost toxic it's it's very similar to um kind of the same sentiment that is shared in little girls which is in the was a real boy about how toxic he is as a person except this one kind of i don't know i felt like he was relishing in the fact that he was toxic and like if you're gonna come here i will consume you and I'll love it and I'll eat you alive. Like that's kind of like his sentiment in this song. I felt the Spider-Man is having me for dinner tonight. I see. I'm that, telling you, I'm onto something. Yeah. 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 I think you're onto something. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is totally uh, lullaby part two. Yeah. That's mm. great. Right. Yeah. And like, there's the line, like you need someone to bring you to bed. Uh, I, I think it's like, kind of the old sort of like toxic dating mentality about like how women, whenever they're, I don't know, like they're, there's something to be conquered and conquested. And mm-hmm. this kind of like tackles that a little bit. Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit about objectification. It's yeah. a little bit about, but I also think, and what we needs to be said, and I don't know if when we say this exactly, but this album is a concept album about the person that Max was afraid of becoming. Right. And that's, I think, a big part of songs like this one. Spider Song is about he doesn't want to be that guy. That just like objectifies women. And and... destroys them and hurts them. So like this is about him writing through that character's perspective of enjoying that and relishing in that. But it's based on his own fear of being that person. And whether it's who he's afraid of becoming or who he's afraid he actually was is I think probably up for debate, but the song's a jam though. Yeah. <laughs> the song's super fun, but lyrically it's a little, I don't know. It was Yeah. Fun. And I, I, I got, like I say, a similar feel that the it's almost the, it's almost kind of in the beginning. He's very, it's very, it's got a lot of bravado growing legs, uh, crawling inside her. And then the kind of the second half or at some point it turns and it's almost, it's, I got the feeling it was almost like the anxiety of, like he was just being tough, like tough talking to himself because he can't, mm. you know, he isn't comfortable around women uh, or oh, trying to yeah. talk to them. Which we all, I mean, I, in my wheelhouse, I'm like, I'm all over this. 
Yeah. That anxiety of trying to, trying to meet somebody, trying to talk to somebody, you know, cold, basically, you know, like a cold call in a bar kind of thing. Um, But at the beginning, he's very brash. I mean, like I say, uh, growing legs is clearly a penis metaphor. I mean, crawling inside. <laughs> the whole right. thing is very, it's very brash at the beginning and then it fades into this, this less comfortable, very anxious type of feeling. Yeah. The outro, like the outro, looking at the yeah. outro. Yeah. It's like, I'm too cold to call you far too stoned to leave my bed. I'll write this song to win your kiss, but stay asleep instead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Definitely see that. All right. Have we have we huh. beaten this dead horse? <laughs> um, all right, let's get some scores. So Wayne, I gave it a nine. I really really liked it. Okay, nice. and then uh, Rachel, I, I gave it a four. Okay, and then Maurice, it's a three for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm matching your three as well. All right, let's move it's a on. great song though, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Wayne already told us it was a great song. <laughs> his I agree. Score is, his score is telling us that it's a great song. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. Here is an orgy of critics. I know that I'm going to get a ration of crap for even knowing this, but the reference to the peach pit, (laughs) isn't that Uh, the hangout spot for the kids in 90210? Yeah, 90210. I didn't like that I knew it either. Oh. So when he's talking, I don't even know what 90120 is. We don't even know what we're talking about. No. (laughs) We know what it is. We don't know the reference. (laughs) No. This is the song that was a metaphor to Plato, right? No. That's no. No, sorry. Wrong song. Don't listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, there was a fire in the peach pit, though, wasn't there, Wayne? At some point? (laughs) That I don't know. That's that's beyond my knowledge. Am I mixing this up with Happy Days when Arnold's burnt down? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, we're totally dating ourselves i'm gonna move on yeah. all right so let's, let's let's talk about the formula of this song so there's a lot of different key changes that this whole structure insane. that i talked about is full force different miking yelling um, yes i i may have given this a higher score if i wasn't so dizzy after listening to it it's a and hard one to latch on to. It's a mm-hmm. roller coaster ride. And you know what? I hate roller coasters. <laughs> so so, so that I'm, I'm probably already giving away my, my score on this. This is not one of my favorites. I gave it a, I gave it a two, but um, I don't know. Anyone else feel kind of dizzy after listening to this song? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard one to listen to, but I think, it's like one of the more, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you guys are the resident experts on this, but it's like more punk than a lot of the other songs on the album. Yeah. It reminded like- me more of Ministry, like that industrial um, stuff yeah. from uh, the from late 90s. I could totally get that. Jesus built my hot rod. Yeah. 
it's not it's not it's a song about rage it's a song about hatred and he's like just making fun of the like pretentious like critics and the pretentious yeah art scene and music scene that people people say you the your art brought me to my knees he's like bullshit like come on like it's you're being ridiculous and it's just like a these are the things you say about things that you think we want to hear because that means you love them but like I hate, he like hates it. He hates the inauthenticity. Yeah. The inauthenticity and like kind of phoniness of like the, the critics and the like art snobs and the music snobs. It's just kind of a jab at that entire, that entire, yeah. I don't know, sector of people, but being judged by people who only speak in metaphor. Right. Like that's he's like talking about that and hating that. And I, I mean, as an artist, it's easy to get behind that sentiment, you know, Mm -hmm. but we haven't received a negative critique yet, so we haven't had a couple. <laughs> oh well, I mean, you get like trolls on the online. That's impossible yeah. to avoid. But like, you know, we're not we're not getting we don't have an orgy of critics yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Right, right. I, I do like how he he made sure to let them know that he won't deceive them. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the yelling part of this pretty standard stuff. Anyone else a Foo Fighters fan? Yes. So the yelling part in white limo, do you know that, do you know that song off of mm-hmm. wasting, wasting mm-hmm. light? So that that's from 2011 totally reminded me of the shouting part in this particular song. was kind of channeling his inner max his inner his inner bemist <laughs> so let's get some scores uh, i already told you uh this is my two wayne a uh, four maurice i gave this one a two as well and rachel a three all right i'm glad to know that there's going to be a few other people who are not jumping into the roller coaster with me so that's cool thank you <laughs> We all like to be grounded. Number nine. Here's Every Man Has a Molly. at the song title i thought the song was going to be about drugs so it really is <laughs> it really is about a girl named molly molly, molly Connolly, in fact and uh wayne i know you've got some uh songs that call out names of your exes as well correct oh all of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have faith um <laughs> all right so so those songs don't those other songs that I'm referring to, like Faith, those those songs don't spell out the last names. 
that would be kind of weird. But for this one, he spells out Connolly, and I'm I'm wondering. So, I'm wondering is that is that a real name or is is that is that pseudonym? It is a pseudonym okay. for like every girl that's ever heard him. Gotcha. Basically, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he did it on his Reddit AMA. They asked him that, um, and he said, "No, Molly Connolly's not a real girl. She's every girl that's ever hurt me, and she's I'm she's probably a great person. I was just in my feelings." Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's saying, "Oh, she's probably a great person," but I'm thinking of killing myself, thinking about Molly <laughs> Connolly. But you know, <laughs> you know, NBD semantics, whatever semantics. <laughs> um, I do like the line, "The Molly Connolly ruined my life." I thought the world should know. So, <laughs> I love it. Well, and the whole uh, there's a clever line here too: "Stick a needle, stick oh, a needle I in my that eye." Too. That's one. Of, that's the best one. Yes, my eye and sucked out all its glow. Yep, that's that's just that's super visual. That's uh, that's incredible. Oh, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even connect that the way you just did. That's that is like so visual. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I love that he I love that he used a last name, even if it's not a real person. Really, you really put a stamp on it when you mm-hmm. use the whole name. Mm-hmm. Like I want everybody to know what you did or what you know. And I love I love how he uh, very condescendingly. Uh, Let's everybody at the merch pa- table know that this is all. This is all because he did this all for them. Right, you know? this is your fault. So spend money so I can make this right with Megan. I mean Megan, Molly. <laughs> all right. I love it. And uh, and and this song, of course, gets extra points for the hand claps, right? For sure. Yeah. Oh, this is such a good song. It's so listenable. It's such a jam. It is like. It's just a fun song to listen to. So fun. And just kind of like overarching, like a big message about art and sacrifice and like mm-hmm. sacrificing romantic relationships for, for your Everybody art. Everybody writes songs about their exes. Everybody writes songs about their love life. And he kind of broaches it in a way that's like. I do that and it, I, it screws me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And knowing his mental state. So is this really tongue in cheek? Or should we be a little worried about the suicide attempt lines? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I think he, he dealt with severe depression uh, yeah, and severe, of. I mean, his bipolar. And I think he's been very honest about his own mental illness and the things he's gone through. And I think suicidal ideations are something he's discussed and talked about. So yeah. I think he's coming from a place of honesty when he talks about here. Mm-hmm. He talks about it very tongue in cheek, though, in this context. Right. But I think it's not something he's uncomfortable talking yeah, I about. I feel like it's probably helpful. I think to 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 mm-hmm. say you say things out loud and kind of disarm them, you know. It's it's if you're thinking mm-hmm. them all to yourself, that's got to be scary as hell. But to say them, mm-hmm. you know, right. to get them out loud, to say it out loud or write, you know, write it on a piece of paper and kind of free yourself from that a little bit, get a get a different perspective on it. Yeah. Catharsis. Yeah, that's beautifully said. Get some scores. Rachel, uh, I gave this one a six. And Maurice, I gave it a seven. And Wayne, I also gave it a seven. Okay, and I gave it an eight. Nice. Let's move on. Here is slowly through a vector.
what in the world is a vector that he's referring to? We looked it up. It's a, it's it's like a, a type of organism, right? Yeah, it's a biology term for an organism that transmits a pathogenic pathogenic fungus, virus, or bacterium. So it's a, as you're passing, like it, it gives you diseases. So it's like passing slowly through disease and yeah, okay, yeah. I I honestly we googled I, it. I honestly didn't Google it because this was my least favorite song. Uh, I felt like this was way too formula again. The crowd shouting, slowed down part, funky mic distortion at some point. You know, at at this point in the record, I kind of was over the formula and the the whoa part and slow part. Wayne, did you did you get a Black mm-hmm. Flag TV party vibe with with that uh, particular part of the the song? Uh, not, no, because it has so much Blink One Eighty Two going on in it that I, that I, that I never got to that part. And ultimately, I don't like I say I wouldn't say that I dislike it, uh, but the the last verse is so creepy that it it oh is man. so creepy, isn't it? <laughs> so creepy. Yeah, we like, so we looked, looked this up. one up, and it's. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was on his Reddit AMA yeah. that he talked about. It's just like watching someone you love hurt themselves. Um, and not being able to do anything to stop them. And we're thinking that that last verse is just about like a a girl who is, who is dating, like a, dating bunch a bunch of like the wrong guys. And then he's there to pick up the pieces afterwards. Like the typical, that whole like classic friend zoned He's the friend. Story. He's the friend that picks up the pieces afterwards. Like the unrequited love. I, th- He doesn't say this, but I feel like he's in love with this woman. And he almost like, it's almost like, I don't know, having to pick up her, the pieces afterward, he kind of also enjoys it. But, but this was not one that we listened to. A lot. No, mm-hmm. this was kind of a, I had heard it, but you, this is yeah, the first I never, time you heard it was yeah. when we listened to the album the first time for yeah. this. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago, I listened to it for the first time. So I also don't have any kind of like emotional nostalgic connection with it. I really like the verse setup. Um, I like the, the tune of the verse passing slowly mm-hmm. through. A vector. I love that. Like that melody there. I just dig it. But that's probably the, one of the best things about this song to me yeah. is just yeah. the, the melody. Yeah, I like I said, I was kind of over it by this point. Um, so, uh, least favorite yeah. score from me, Wayne. I same. I got I gave my do my what? single my Uno. I know. Wow. Okay. Both We're usually not on the same page for wow. best and worst songs. Had rarely happened, so that's crazy. All right, Maurice. All right. I gave this one a four. And then Rachel. A two. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Chia like I shall grow. Best titles ever. <laughs> I love it. 
um i i really did like the beginning of it it did have a little bit of an 80s flair to it and which is probably why my score is going to be higher than you all still had a little bit of that formula to it but for some reason it kind of worked for me in this one um and kind of had a uh my my thoughts on the ending was kind of had a third eye blind how's it going to be ending feel to it mm, mm-hmm. i see that so i i i kind of dug that just for for that so i'm just going to throw out some scores and then we can we can we can chat about this because i gave this my seven um i kind of wow. like this but you guys you guys were totally <laughs> oh opposed God. in the scoring on this so so tell me <laughs> yeah. why i'm wrong so <laughs> uh, this is me this is my one this is yeah also my one like least favorite and i i think it's because it's so like it's the whole song is like based on a Plato reference and mm-hmm, so it's like cute. so obscure what is it? To Plato's uh something the cave I don't know it was way over my head and I don't like feeling dumb allegory <laughs> of the cave it's based on a, a book okay. by Plato and the whole and the whole thing is based on that and it so it just goes over it's supposed to be about like uh oh, was this it's one? about emotional isolation isolation and apathy like being emotionally isolated and how that makes you apathetic but and- instead of talking in terms that we I feel like are relatable in ways that we can actually like see that and feel that except for the, I discard all feelings line, all the other stuff is kind of like, I don't know. I didn't connect to it. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maurice had said, it just came off angry. To yeah. Me. It, yeah. It, it lost some of its cleverness. Cause it was just, it just, and it had that manic, you know, where you kind of like that Gerard way thing where you talk, start talking really fast and then you just fall into a scream. Yeah. And then, and, but ultimately I, it didn't, I just felt like he, he, you know, he was able to, you know, talk about anger and angst and all, and, and all of these things in such a, in such a clever way and a, and a unique way. And then this time he just got, got ham handed and just was, it was very angry. It just lost a lot of it for mm-hmm. me. That's really weird that you wouldn't like the angry song. <laughs> He's just done it so much. I mean, like I say, I, he's done so so much of this. This record is just really well written with just very you know beautiful and very intelligent you know lyrics. And then he just, I, I it's just like he just let go and just started just okay. Yeah. So what? So what was your score, Wayne? Because Maurice and Rachel gave it a uno, a two. Gave you the deuce. Wow. All right. That's a big separation. Yeah. yeah. What did you yeah, well, like about it? Go. Yeah. I. You know what? I think it's the '80s thing. Honestly, I think that that's that that's the vibe for me. And don't get me wrong. Even yeah, number so. one for me, I still like it, and I'll still listen to it. Yeah. Like I still dig the song, but uh, yeah, it definitely had a super catchy guitar there in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here is uh, second to last song on the one that we're uh, reviewing so this is i want to know your plans if you could forgive me for being so brash while you you could hit me or whip me oh i'd savor each lash You're what keeps me blue 
how emo is this song? Hey man. I know I know I know they're lumped into the whole emo thing but, and there are plenty of songs I think on this record that you know I don't think are quote unquote emo mm-hmm. but this is most certainly an emo song is it not I, I think it's a love song I think it's a love song for it's sure It's an emo song <laughs> Oh man Oh we're going to have to fight through this computer screen <laughs> over this song <laughs> I'm kidding No it's it's uh this was like in high school, like our song. This was our song. Our song. So it was like a. She's here with holding up air quotes. You can't see them, but she's doing them. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it's it's. This one... song was, it was it was gonna be high up one or two for me. I mean, like or thirteen or twelve for me, without a doubt. Like yeah. Yeah. just because of our own emotional connection to this song, I performed it for like our my senior year talent show. For Rachel, like, it was a surprise performance. We pulled her on stage. There's a lot of history of us in this song. Like, it's it's I I don't know. We're biased. Did you, the song is did you, perfect. Did you bring out the accordion at the beginning? It, no, <laughs> no. As well, I, I had a guy play guitar because I didn't know how to play guitar at that point. Um, okay. and I just sang it, just acoustic okay. guitar and, and and vocals right there. All right. Just like well, you're what keeps me believing the world's not gone dead. Yeah, you're what keeps me believing the world's yeah. not gone. Well, how beautiful is that? Just and and I agree. This is a sweet, sweet love song. Um, it's and I and that whole idea of what what are your plans? What are you going to do? I want to know what they are. I want to be in them. It is. It's very sweet. My score doesn't not reflect how much I like the song. It's just that that alive with the uh, glory of love. Really, he really just knocked it out mm. of the park. And so this one. Didn't see, and I don't have the personal connection. I, I, I wish I, I wish I did. Um, and after hearing your story, I would have rated it higher. But um, it was, I think, a lot of it was the fact that he did it so amazingly and uniquely on "Alive with the Glory of Love" mm-hmm. that it, that it didn't have as much because like it is a very sweet. It's a, what a sweet sentiment. I want to know what you're going to do, and I want to be right there next to you. Right. Um, you make me believe that the world is not you know, a terrible place. So it's a very beautiful sentiment, but he just, that whole, you know, the way he did it earlier was so amazing that it, 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 I guess I lost a little bit without that and not having that personal connection. We knew this was a big discussion last night. So we're like, they're not going to like this song nearly as much as we do. And we got to understand that going into it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, they paint love. Brace yourself. (laughs) (laughs) They paint love so well and alive with the glory. And Oh yes. Yeah. But I mean, this is a different kind of love. He paints it in a different way here. Obviously, sappy. it's more it's more sappy, yeah. and it's it's also more like angsty. Simple. Yeah. So there's the emo. Yeah. That's good. That's great. I'm glad you finally conceded and saw my point. And and I, and I and I'm not saying that it's an emo song like it's a bad thing. I I think that there is, I think there's too many connotations with the word emo, where everybody just For thinks sure. it's like. Oh, your dashboard confessional. Yeah. (laughs) No, you know, like you can, you can have a good song and be considered emo. I mean, you, you brought up Jimmy world, right? Jimmy world has a ton of great songs. They're emo. I don't care. I don't care what you, what you say. They're an emo. They're a hundred percent emo. They are like, if you look at their, like their bio and stuff, they are like known as one of the first emo bands. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say this. My score is much closer to yours. I'm giving this a 10. So if, wow. if you should be directing any vitriol, it should be at Mr. Wayne. Wayne already apologized preemptively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I already got out in front of this. 
So, so anyways, let's let's get the final score. So, uh, Maurice, I gave this a twelve. Yep, and Rachel, uh, this is my thirteen. Yeah, and Wayne, I gave it a three, but I just want to mention one of the, <laughs> the one of oh, the here we go, the, one of the 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 most let's, sweetest let's the lines battle. I've ever heard. I want to know your fears from your feet to the to the back of your ears. Love that I want, line. yeah, yeah. That's. That's just, I, I feel bad now, but because after I heard their story, I felt horrible. But yeah, I gave it, I gave it a three. We're going to keep it up there, though. It's going to be ranked still pretty, pretty up there. We're hoping for yeah. top five. We'll see. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll see if Wayne tanks it for you guys. Uh, I, think I waffle right. stomped it on accident. Uh, that's, that, that's it. All right. Here's the last song. This is Admit It. Despite your pseudo-bohemian appearance and vaguely leftist doctrine of beliefs, you know nothing about art or sex that you couldn't read in any trendy New York underground fashion magazine. Prototypical nonconformist, you are a vacuous soldier of the thrift store Gestapo. You adhere to a set of standards and tastes that appear to be determined by an unseen panel of hipster judges. Bullshitting the thumbs up and thumbs down to incoming and outgoing trends and styles of music and art. Go Analog, baby, you're so postmodern. You're diving face forward into an antiquated past. It's disgusting, it's offensive. Don't stick your nose up in me. Yeah, what do you have to say for yourself? Whoa, 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 yeah. And this is admitted with not one, not two, but three exclamation points afterwards. So, um, you got to uh, play the whole song, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you, you I don't think you to. can. No. Ma- Max, <laughs> Max might get upset. Yeah. Max. Oh, Max. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I do love the sentiment of this, this song. So again, going back to my comments of this being, you know, rock opera, this totally feels like a grand finale song. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad that we're stopping here and not doing the reissue version because I feel like Agreed. this is this is a great final song. Like if you're yeah. if you're going to to you know do a mic drop, this is a great song for that. And I can see oh, yes. I can see two people on the stage singing this back and forth to one another, especially mm-hmm. the whole BS comment. Um, so again, mm-hmm. going back to the whole Broadway for thing, sure. I think it's 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 totally uh, total totally there. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and raise our hands for people that know every word to this song. Oh, okay. Whoa. We know (laughs) every word and sing this all the time. Yes. We just put it in our car at volume 10 and just scream it. We love this one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is an anthem. This is the anthem. And this, this song, more than any song, makes me... Is what I love and makes me think of still of, of say anything. Um, so I think that's why it's so, I don't know. It's also like the first anti hipster song before, like before being, hipsters were hipsters. It's yeah. like a song that's like anti hipster. It's anti pretentious. And yeah. I mean, we're kind of hipsters. So like, I don't even, I don't hate hipsters, but I love the sentiment here. Um, and I don't know, man. It's just a fight song. It's a rally call. It's just, it's cool as hell. (laughs) Yeah, this is punk rock. This is uh, a scathing indictment, if there ever was one, of the whole, of a whole kind of a, like you're saying, that hipster scene. 
uh, and that's just the sarcasm is just dripping out of his voice. Uh, so it's sarcastic. just, uh, I, I mean, I love how he calls him out for, you know, being, the, you know, ending up the same kind of people as the jocks that, you know, tormented him in, in school. Uh, I absolutely love the line about how he looks hours in the mirror to get his hair elegantly disheveled. I just, no. it was a, it was completely brilliant. And it, and I, the only thing I completely agree, this is a mic drop and they should have, this is the one where you end up with a big bam and it kind of faded out a little bit. Yeah. That was my only, that would be my only, uh, you know, anything bad to say about it is they should have just, just ended it with a big bang. Right. Instead, he, he, he kind of like devolves into the into the self-love yeah. there at the end. The whole like, I am, I'm, it's just, I'm, I'm proud of proud who of, I am and you're not going to make me feel bad about. Yeah. But I could definitely see it have like having. It went on a minute and a half, like. Yeah. I'll, I'll, a minute and a half too long. Yeah. When I'm dead, or, I'll rest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That goes on for a while, too. Yeah, yeah. It's super. Super long. I feel like uh, Max yeah. and Warren's Yvonne would get along really well. Had that, had that, had that, that. I'll sleep when I'm dead mentality. Warren Zevon, mm-hmm. am I dating myself mm-hmm. again, Maurice? You, might, I don't know. You might just okay. be, uh, you might Where be hipstering we? yourself. I'm for all I know. You and, and and you, if you're a hipster, you're going to love Warren Zevon. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you right now. So Wayne, did you get a suicidal tendencies institutionalized vibe to the spoken word part? Because I kept waiting for him to say, Mom, all I want is a Pepsi. She wouldn't give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little bit. Like I say, this was very punk rock, much more so than the the rest of the album. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get some scores. Uh, So I'm giving this a 12. Wayne? Nice. I also gave this a 12. And then Rachel? 12. And Maurice? 13. Boom! I think we found the winner. I think so. <laughs> so let's go through top five. Whew. I'm so nervous. So there's there's our there's our top score. Admitted it's our top song. Uh, followed by with an average score of eleven, alive with the glory of love. Third song. Nice. It's whoa. And we've cool. got fourth song is I want to know your plans. And followed yes! by top five. Number five song, Yellow Cat slash Red Cat. What? So, yeah. That's a great top five. That's, that's a, a great top five. That's a, that's a solid top five. So what do you? Those think? are my top five. <laughs> so what do you think uh, lowest score was? Uh, probably slowly through a vector. Yeah, that was an average score of two. Yeah. And then Chia like I shall grow. Uh, yeah, has to be. You know, here let me let me. If I would have followed you guys with yeah that would have been it see my seven totally <laughs> saved that from being the, the lowest score so you're welcome chia <laughs> oh, chia that's right all right so that's it for the original release so um i said that we would talk about revisiting a little bit of the 2006 re-release um, besides the fact that I was lazy and I didn't want to discuss 21 songs in total, um, I think kind of going back to my point yes. that um, the last song really was a good bow on the present, I thought. Um, the reissue does have some interesting tracks. Uh, for instance, the first one, 
um, off of that reissue as wow I can get sexual Which too. I didn't know it was on the reissue. I thought it I didn't know it was on Was a Real Boy. I thought it was on Is a Real Boy. Yeah. So that really surprised right. me because that was, song is one of their most their, popular yeah. songs. Yeah. Right. And you guys know that this song did become a casualty of the Me Too movement. I did not. So, I did not know that. So yeah, so Max tweeted out saying that Say Anything would stop playing this song live. He said that in November 2017, which kind of seems like a moot point, considering that a short time later you put the band on hiatus. <laughs> right, but, right. you know, whatever. Well, whatever. we actually had tickets to that that, that concert series where or they were doing tour. Is a Real Boy mm-hmm. and in defense of the genre. Yeah. They were doing that tour. We had concerts and he got sick yeah. before, so we had to cancel, oh. which was like, yeah. obviously, that was the last opportunity we could have seen him. So sad. Seen right. them, which was ah, just a heartbreaking. He pulled pulled a morrissey on you guys <laughs> seriously i did not know um, that makes sense that though. makes sense yeah i've i've got a couple of the tweets here i'll just I'll, I'll read a couple um he said i was a naive kid when i entered quote this scene at 19 and found out that a lot of people i knew of or looked up to repeatedly cheated on their spouses and girlfriends and hooked up with underage girls etc it's been heartbreaking and continues to be jarring as someone who i hope is different it makes me question even the mutual non-coerced of age interactions I've had with women during my youth. We should all question the dynamics of sexuality and our role in this. He's very socially conscious, so that doesn't surprise yeah, me in the slightest. But I will say that this album, like we talked about, was a concept album about being a terrible person. The second song is called Little Girls, On and it's it's like... The lyrics are "I, I kill, kill, kill little yeah, girls." Yeah, I, I find that song repulsive, actually. So I'm yeah. yeah. Well, we did. Yeah, it's at a hard first one. on first listen, it's like, what in the what is this song about? Um, and really, it's a song that's about so, kind of similar to I think it was Spider Song that I was talking about earlier, and it's a song about being a terrible person. Don't let your don't come near me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, a terrible person. So I'm an awful person. I will I will eat you alive and I will ruin your life. But I definitely think that one is like the most problematic. Yes, on that one should be a casualty of the Me Too movement. Yeah, anyone absolutely. Is, just purely on on text alone. Yeah. It makes you cringe. Uh, it, it did. The first time I heard it, I'm like, is he really saying that? And then, and then yeah. it's like, okay, uh, even if you're saying this a tongue in cheek, it's not funny. Like, like, a, mm-hmm. like it's going to, to a really, um, you know, one of those comedians that really wants to push the envelope. And at the end of the day, you're just like, you know, a rape joke is still a rape joke. It's just not, it's just not. Right. Funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a metaphor, you're saying a metaphor, even if it's a metaphor, it's not a metaphor we no. want to hear. No. Yeah. So I will say of the reissue stuff, I did really dig Most Beautiful Plague. Yes. Yeah, so great. We have been had, I've had that song perpetually stuck in my head for, I think, 10 years. <laughs> and, and, and there are some creepy lines in it as well, but, um, for sure. You know, it, maybe it's just not overtly saying, you know, I'm killing little girls, but. And um, I don't even know what the lyrics are. I mean, I guess they are kind of similar in that I will I'll fill you with formaldehyde. Yeah. I'll soak you. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna soak you in this rich formaldehyde. Yeah. 
So I have a problem because of this song. I, I basically just every so often will just say like, I'll talk to our dog's name is Izzy okay, or uh, Toby. We have two dogs. They're Toby and Izzy. And then Rachel, obviously. And I'll be like, Rachel, <laughs> you don't. And I'll just like all the time, all the time. <laughs> Izzy. <laughs> It's, like, it's a it's a reoccurring. You don't want to go outside. <laughs> like I just use the tune from this song, that song, in like everyday speech. I probably say it once a day, mm-hmm. and I don't know why Rachel's still with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Well, the the one that I loved was I will never write an obligatory song about being on the road and missing someone. Yeah. Eat your heart. Eat your heart out, Pete Wentz. He just that's the longest. That's one of the longest titles on record. We heard you guys discuss that in a previous uh, podcast, and that's a that's a thing, right? Oh yeah, like, knowing titles. the long title. <laughs> what a song title! And that's exactly what the song is and about, is- too. That's the funny part. That's the irony. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the synopsis of. It's the not song. obligatory. Yeah, yeah he didn't have to write it. He's- I thought that that was the funny part of of that whole thing. Was um, I'm like he just wrote kisses beth part two that really is i'm like uh it's you know i'm on the road boohoo can't wait to see you again and uh, honestly neither rachel nor i know this song well enough i think we were singing it when you logged on to uh the recorder and we were in the background and didn't know we were recording or like that we were live well and this is the song that was on because we wanted to get a listen in, but it's not one we know very well. But I'm assuming that you know the last track on the reissue, A Walk Through Hell. Hold me, I'd remind you who you are under their shell. I'd walk through hell for you. Let it burn right through my shoes. These souls are That's a great song. Yeah. Oh my. Yes. So good. That would have been easily top three for me if it had been included. I was just going to ask you guys for the scoring, where would that have been? Yeah. I I went ahead and put, I gave it a nine. I just, I, I put it through the whole thing. Cause my thing about the reissue yeah. was a lot of it was previous material. And when you listen to it, it doesn't sound cohesive, but this song, which the walk through hell was uh, <laughs> like when they, when they did a, yeah. They did a double LP or it was like a vinyl release. And uh, that one, that one was brilliant. I love the whole, oh, that verse with whoa. the horrible beast. It's so good. Oh, it's so well written. So like. It would have been very whimsical high up. In a lot of ways, but. Yeah. It would have been, I think it would have been, it would have gone admit it. I want to know your plans and then walk through hell for me. Probably. If I had to guess right now, but I didn't listen to it with the songs. Yeah. It could have also gotten second or first place even. Yeah, this would have been my third favorite song on the record, had that been on there. And that was so. behind. That would be behind "Alive with the Glory of Love" and "Admit It." Uh, yes, behind those two. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good. That one. would have been before "Whoa." Yes. Oh, it's such yeah. a beautiful song. Uh, also, 
the only song on this whole thing that wasn't exclusively written by Max Bemis was Metal Now. And Metal Now is great. Which was on the reissue. Yeah. I did not get into it. And so I did not I did not listen to it more than twice. So maybe maybe I will again. Give it another listen. It's a good okay. one. It's got a funky little beat it's to it. And it's like it's just a fun little song. But that whole reissue is just like a it's like half of them are just their fun little songs and then half of them are kind of like eh. blisteringly problematic. Problematic. Right. 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 All right. Well, did we uh, did we cover it? Did we did we miss anything? I don't think so. I don't think I don't so. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Max Bemis is a genius. This album, upon re-listening to it, I I like it even more than I did before, and I always loved it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad we went with this. I, one. Yeah, I am too. I needed a break from things like rumors and tunnel of love and all that i just i was glad to get a nice a nice you know big post-punk emo uh and he is a genius and and uh they were underappreciated and i hope anybody who listens to this podcast goes and finds it and uh gives it a listen because it certainly deserves it it does Mm -hmm. amazing album yeah you're 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 complaining about all of those records and uh you 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 know the one record that uh, we just uh, agreed on with a future guest, so you're really gonna hate me. No, I don't. I don't. I could never. I could never hate you. I'd love to know what it is. I know. I I cannot spill the beans yet, but all I'm saying is, watch in a couple weeks, <laughs> and you're gonna go. And you're, and you're gonna go. Wow, really? <sighs> so, but it's. I'm I'm already I'm already gonna tell you, Wayne. It's gonna be one of our best episodes. <laughs> Uh, after this one well it's gonna it's it's gotta it's, yeah it's gotta it's gonna be tough to beat this one but, uh. uh all right so it has been a pleasure revisiting with you and maurice and rachel so remind our guests where they can find all the happenings of still so Electric. we are on everywhere you stream music spotify, spotify itunes amazon apple google apple music all those places we're also on all the social media facebook instagram is a still electric band and twitter at i'm still electric and then we have a website where you can find all those links at stillelectricband.com fantastic and so one last question so we lift this from a fellow podcaster so who do you know that I don't know who would want to join us on a podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? You know, there are probably a few people that we could think of off the top of their head. Our producer is one person who I think would oh, might man. have a good time. He might have a great time. I um, did listen to one of the one of the uh, tracks that you you posted on your socials. So, so. that's the one that we are fe- we're that featured on his album. And yeah. that one's based on uh, Marvel's Infinity Wars, mm-hmm. The Death of uh, spider-man yeah we also have a, a friend that does a podcast here in the area uh um, who would love to pontificate about about music, music. Uh, we have a we have a few people um neostag journal and hamstank and um, uh josh and then oh yeah oh josh then, and, oh yeah yeah uh do you guys do you guys yes yeah josh wilson or jay will yeah jay will as he goes he does a podcast called don't take it personal and he okay. would they they're super funny the guys over there and i think jay will would have a great time so we could definitely pass on that information to you guys yeah sounds good sounds good we'll do it awesome 
All right. Just as a reminder to our listeners, so we're on Instagram using the Records Revisited Podcast hashtag. You can go see our the shirts that we're wearing. Um, I'm also manning the Facebook page. Um, to Wayne's point, um, lots of rumors links right now. Sorry, sorry, Wayne. Maybe it's a good thing you're not on Facebook anymore, right? Um, <laughs> all right, and uh, Too please. Much drama. Yeah, please go review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, CastBox. You know the drill. All right, so here we go. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit a record store. And not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited. And we are... Out! Out! Out. (laughs)